This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. For those of you who don't know, it is my goal to help you close more clients, bring in more revenue in your business. And one of the ways that we do that is confidently showing up on calls with prospective clients and having responses ready to some challenging questions. And this question came up in our community because they were looking for support on how to answer when clients ask, do you guarantee your results? Um, I'll briefly mention that there's this super annoying (laughs) kind of thing that's happening lately with these shady fake PR firms that are really offering pay-to-play advertorial opportunities. And clients are seeing those and thinking, well, I don't have to pay them unless I get a result. Um, We are going to talk about that topic at a later date because there's a whole other thing going on with that. And honestly, it's extremely frustrating for true PR pros like us who are working hard and have a great skill to be able to get earned media. So because that seems to be coming up more and more, these you know, kind of uh, agencies or whatever they are, are showing up in in, uh, DMs and um, clients will see that. And then it gets the idea in their head that PR can be a situation where results are guaranteed or I don't pay. So we'll talk about what's actually going on with those situations at a later time. But for now, I want to give you some tools and some responses so that if this comes up on a client sales call, you're ready and you can respond with confidence because that's how I want you to show up on every perspective call. I talk about this all the time that we want you to feel confident and like this is already your client and you show up to serve them, to share your expertise and make them feel supported and taken care of right out of the gate. So If this comes up on a sales call or when you are working with a client where they'll say, um, you know, are results guaranteed? Or if you feel frustrated about not being able to guarantee results, I know a lot of people feel really guilty taking a monthly retainer and not having results to show for it. And I completely get that. We absolutely want to have more and more traction as the months go on. But sometimes there is a lot of preparation work or when you're first kicking off, we know it does take some time to start to generate some traction for your media outreach. So a lot of this is about setting expectations with the client. That is the number one source of client dissatisfaction is when the expectations are out of alignment with the results. So we have some advice from the community for how to really handle this. If clients say, well, our results guaranteed, maybe it comes up in the sales cycle or maybe it comes up once you start working together, like, you know, I'm paying for results. Why haven't you gotten me anything? And I want you to be armed with 
some responses. You can explain to them how things work in what we're actually doing, what true earned media takes. Okay. So sharing some advice from our community. Um, like I said, we pull these questions from our profitable PR pros community on Facebook. If you are not a member yet, go hightail your butt right in there. Ask to join, just search profitable PR pros on Facebook. We will add you. And there are thousands of members across the world that are just open, sharing, and supportive of each other. It's a really fantastic community. But that's where we're pulling the information, the topics we share with you based on what people ask and the questions that get the most responses and feedback. So some feedback from the community. Um, Jane, who is a member of all of our programs, including my Agency Accelerator Plus Mastermind, she's been practicing PR for decades. And she said, really keeping them in the loop by constantly telling them what work you're doing. And then that's less chance of a conversation coming up about what's actually going on. So she will set up a weekly call, at least in the beginning, and especially before you've gotten any press, so you can share with them what you're working on and give them an update on kind of the foundation work that you're laying. Um, And then Marie says that she does weekly reports, and that'll let the client know what's happening, but it's also a good resource in case they have questions about your work. And you can list there. So with reporting, we always want to be reporting results, but until there are actual features to start including in the reports, we will let them know what efforts we're making on their behalf to start the outreach. So building the media list, researching editorial targets, crafting the pitches, um, you know, building the strategy, whatever you've done, that is still time consuming. And all of that is necessary for you to hit the ground running. And you can't do that until you have the strategy, your media list researched, it's very strategic and targeted. It's not like all you know editors at a certain publication. You can't do that because obviously that is not how you get results. So it's all about client education. And that's what uh, Miranda, who is my integrator, she said that that's extremely important. And one of the things that you can do to kind of get ahead of it is write a blog post or some information. Maybe it's like an informational onboarding piece of your you know onboarding process that discusses what they can expect and when and it's there on your blog or part of your onboarding materials and you can point that to them point them to that I should say when you're onboarding them so they can just read it and see okay I get it I prefer to actually have a conversation about it because then if they have follow-up questions you can answer them and you want to make sure that they understand the timeline, the time frame. You really should be setting that up on the uh, kind of initial client discovery call um, and kind of tell them right out of the bat that, you know, results are not guaranteed and your reports are going to show them what you're actually working on. And most clients do understand this, um, but we have found that typically lower budget clients have a harder time wrapping their head around this because they think that if they're paying per month, they should start getting results right away. And even if you tell them, they still expect to see something because that budget is stretched a little more for them. It's more of an impact on their business. So they're waiting for an immediate return. 
So you have to be really clear with them what their expectations should be and be really realistic with it. You know, results are not guaranteed unless they're looking to run ads or if they're looking for a paid advertorial. Um, In that instance, you know, you get to pick the verbiage, the artwork, the copy, every single aspect of it, when it's going to run and where, and you have a lot more control. We are doing earned media as PR professionals. That's what we do. It's earned media. So that means that the decision is out of our hands. Our expertise and our value we bring to the table is that we are expert storytellers. We come up with creative pitch angles. And this is also why I tell people in our programs and, you know, every PR pro should really niche down, not only in um, the services that they offer, but the niches, the um, areas that they want to become experts in. Because what this allows you to do is have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your industry, all of the relevant players, all of the updates, the things that are important to know about your industry, and all of the media contacts that make decisions at the publications where your target, you know, target audience for your clients are going to be reading. And when you niche down, you form more of a relationship and you have more expertise to share, which makes showing the value that you provide a lot easier. So while we are not in control of the media covering our placements, we are at an advantage when we know the key players, we know how to connect with them. We know how to kind of shortcut the process because this is our, you know, this is what we know. Um, Like I just had a sales call with a prospective client and their brand was so squarely in our niche. And he went to our website and saw the results we had gotten for other clients and got on the phone with us. And the assumption right out of the gate was that we were the perfect fit for them. Um, it was very easy to, you know, sell our services at a premium. And I came in with our retainer at, you know, not an inexpensive amount. Um, and he said, you know, I was kind of expecting a little lower, but we do think that you are the perfect fit. So we will find a way to make it happen. So that's the value of niching down. And that also gives you the ability to say, listen, I know this space. I know the players, the media decision makers, and I can connect with them. And this is what's likely to happen. And they'll believe you because you are, you know, because you're telling the truth, obviously, but they give you that space to make it happen for them. And they're not on top of you. Like, what's happening? How's it going? Of course, you're filling them in as you go along, but We start out with the premise that this is what earned media is. You educate them on PR and how it happens for them, what what it takes, and that results are not guaranteed. Um, So then people will say, well, then what are the deliverables? You know, we start out from that position of clients paying for years of experience that you're bringing to the table. You're putting in hours to create a newsworthy story. You search for the contacts. So, um, you know, you're coming to them with strategic thinking, different pitch angles and strategies, and you can come at the kind of outset and develop a strategy to get them aligned with the approach you're going to take. So that's a key deliverable at the outset is the strategy. And you got to share it with them and get them bought in on it. Um, And 
they're seeing how you're thinking about their brand or their, you know, expertise, if they're a, a, an expert or somebody, book author, you know, whatever, how you're thinking to position them to the media, um, what they're likely to expect that will happen in the first six, you know, three, six, 12 months of engagement. And, um, you know, they're paying you for your expertise. It's not that they're paying you for results. And pardon me, they are paying you for results. Not that they're paying you for hours. Okay. Get that out of your head right away. Um, they are paying you for your expertise. And, you know, if they want to pay to guarantee something that is advertising, they made the wrong call and they called the wrong person because that's not what PR is. Think of it like a lawyer um, which I can relate to this analogy really well because I'm a former attorney. Um, you know, a PR professional, like a lawyer, gets paid up front in a retainer for their expertise, even if it might not result, like with a lawyer, might, might not result in winning the case. And that's the, how it goes with PR. But this is where for you as a PR professional and as a strategic um, agency owner, you're going to vet your clients as much as they're vetting you. I want you to make sure that when you start working with a client, you have done your homework to see that they're press ready, that you think it's something you can position to the media and get traction, that there's more to it than just the fact that they're launching. You want longevity. You want to build momentum. You want to be successful. And I'll tell you, I said this on a Facebook Live recently, and I had so many people agreeing. You know, when you're in that sales period, if there is a client that is going to be hard, that is going to be really challenging to convince the media to tell their story or feature the company, there are factors based on your expertise. At this point, you know what is newsworthy, noteworthy, what you can work with, and where there are going to be challenges. And if you take on the client, most of the time it's like, well, I really like this person. I really want to help them. And every single time I've said that to myself, well, I really want to help them. I, you know, I feel like we can do something with this, but I talk myself out of that seed of doubt that I feel. And when I, you know, trust my instincts, it always goes well. When I overlook my instincts, there's, always something that's challenging or doesn't work or the client's a nightmare or we don't get traction. And then it stinks because here they've paid for six months of your services and you haven't been able to do anything. And you knew in that period of time at the outset, because you did your diligence, you knew that it was going to be challenging. So what I want you to think about is don't take every single client that comes your way just because they have a budget and their you know, product or service is in your niche. Not every brand is ready for PR. Not every brand or company is right for PR. You know, and that's okay. I don't want you to struggle. I there's so much that the value that you're able to get when you can leverage great results. It really stinks. It's bad for the morale of your team to take on a client where you know they're just going to spin their wheels. So that's what a lawyer will do, actually. Um, you know, if you pay a lawyer on retainer, they will tell you at the outset what is likely to happen. They're not, you cannot hold them to it, but 
let's say, for example, um, here's a situation that I'm currently in. Um, for those that don't know, I have a son with special needs. My son has um, autism spectrum disorder. He has ADHD. He has some other um, mental health issues and learning disabilities. And I always share this because, you know, I want to normalize it and not go through it alone and make anyone else who is a a parent of a child with special needs and especially a business owner in that situation. I want them to feel supported. Um, So I always share. And if you have any questions about that or you're going through it, let me know because I'm now a decade into this. My son's 11 and we've been supporting him with his needs since he was one, you know, like probably 11 months old. So we recently discovered the learning disabilities. Now they call them learning differences, but it's essentially dyslexia and some other learning differences. And we have to move him to a new school. And when I tell you that, I'm not going to tell you the tuition because you will fall over sideways, but um, the tuition is absolutely insane um, because it's a very small class size and a very small student to teacher ratio. And they're all true experts on helping kids with disabilities to read um, and also do math. So we are looking to get support from our school district. And you're able to do that um, through a process they call due process. It's essentially suing the school district. It's what they make you do. It's not what I want to do. But in order to get help, you have to do this. You sue the district and let them know that they were unable to provide an adequate learning environment for your child. So however the child is, they have to accommodate them. And if they can't accommodate them and you have to pay privately, and I'm getting really deep into this, but anyway, I just want to set the stage of why we're going through this because I, as a lawyer, I certainly do not want to you know, file any unnecessary lawsuits. But we went to a special ed attorney. I didn't just ask my law school classmates who could take my case. We found a true expert in dealing with the school district. And he can charge a premium because he knows how to navigate the system and get results. And he will also tell us at the outset what we can reasonably expect will happen. And I trust it because he has experience. He's seen hundreds of cases like mine. Um, So had it not been for that um, expertise, I probably wouldn't have chosen that attorney or paid a premium because I don't have confidence that they're going to really be able to be successful on my case or tell me what is likely to happen. So dialing into your niche expertise and the results you've gotten for similar clients, you're leveraging all of that to show prospective clients what you can do and what they can reasonably expect. So my specific advice on this, you know, in addition to everything else we talked about, is first and foremost, you need to be sure your contracts state that results are not guaranteed. And if a client asks, you can let them know that this is an industry standard. But you need to bring this topic up even before you're at the contract stage. You know, so you're mentioning this topic in your discovery calls and all these conversations with potential clients. And, you know, this is so important in that phase. You're gauging whether they're going to be reasonable, whether they're going to be easy to work with. Um, You know, you can really tell, like I said, if there's enough there. But 
sometimes you overlook it. So just my advice to you is just really listen to that instinct. We all have it. Sometimes we second guess it. Sometimes we say, well, money's money and I'll do the best I can, but it makes you feel awful. You know, the PR pros that are in my community or that are listening here are striving to be pitching powerhouses. That's why you're listening to the Pitching Powerhouse show. And I know you want to do a good job. So it stinks when you overlook your uh, instincts and you take it on anyway. So just know that you don't have to take every single client. Um, You want to be able to show them what is likely to happen and being able to sustain media coverage once you've covered the basics. That's where you are going to be adding value as a creative strategic PR agency um, and how you can charge a premium. And also um, for anyone who is not in our Pitch Lab program, it's awesome for that because we're giving you monthly execution plans every single month, two weeks in advance of the month, and giving you long and short lead topics so you can position timely, relevant topics. And if you run out of creativity and you don't know how to pitch a client, you can look at that. And there's dozens of ideas that you can work your client into. So, you know, coming out of the gate with confidence that there's going to be enough to work with for the duration of your contract and letting them know that results are not guaranteed. That's industry standard. You're ensuring they know this. Because there is no way for you to guarantee the quantity or the location of placements. And you want to also make sure they understand the difference between a PR placement that's earned media versus an ad. So we know with an ad, you pay a specified amount of money, you get complete control over the creativity, messaging, and where and when it's going to run. And with PR, we're at the mercy of the journalist, the freelancer, the editor, But we know that those editorial endorsements, those features really pack a punch. The rewards are very high. So it's almost like they're paying for your expertise and the effort that you're going to make because the ROI is going to outweigh what they're, you know, the risk of not getting anything. They're paying you to overcome that challenge of the decision being out of your hands or their hands, because you know how to pitch these editors and you know this niche really well. So there's no way to possibly guarantee features, but a really good PR pro will do other things besides just generate features. So we can also offer some other services, um, you know, if you want to, like social media is a good part of this. It's a completely different service, but sometimes people will bundle it together and our agency will too, because If you're still trying to gain traction for your media outreach, you at least have something that you can show for it. Or you can offer support with shaping company messaging or, um, you know, working on paid strategic partnerships with um, influencers or other like-minded brands. There's other value that you can do to kind of bridge that gap while you're still working on getting the earned media campaign to work, but you really do need to establish these realistic, attainable expectations for your clients, Um, you know, so that you know that the results that are likely to happen will actually align with what they're expecting will happen. So an example is we always get these startup companies that want to be featured in Forbes. And 
they're probably not ready for Forbes. They need to start with lower hanging fruit and start to see what they can get traction for for their story. Because what might be exciting to them might not really be exciting to the media. There might be another piece of it. Plus with Forbes, there's going to be, you know, uh, analytics that you have to share, like growth in revenue or numbers of customers you've acquired. They want meaty, juicy, actual details that they can sink their teeth into. Um, And if you're a startup, you probably don't have that yet. But once you start to secure some smaller stories, some smaller brand profiles, you can pursue vertical industry coverage, you know, and then kind of work your way up to Forbes. The other thing, too, is for national TV, if you're working on an expert that wants to go on like Good Morning America or the Today Show, if they've never done TV before, they're not ready. They're going to need to develop a reel. You're going to need to get them on local segments in order to show they're telegenic. They can carry a segment before you pitch to GMA, because we know that they're going to ask for that. Do you have a reel? So telling a client, yeah, I'm going to pitch GMA, you're setting them up for disappointment because you need to really let them know what it takes to get there. Um, So yeah, just keep that in mind. And also um, reporting becomes extremely important because you're able to show them the value of what you're doing. That's the key here is that you're delivering value for them. It's not about 10 features a month. It's about the right features, saying the right things, being in the right publications that are going to reach their target audience, building traction, gaining momentum over time. So just reporting a certain number of hours, there's no value in that. There's no value in the hours it takes you. And I, in fact, if you're a pro who's super dialed into your niche, I would expect you to work fewer hours to generate the same results because you know how to shortcut the process. So clients should not be expecting you to show them how many hours you're working. And if they ask, you need to get out of that question and tell them that's not how it works. Um, And if a client says, well, I really want you to keep track of your hours, I've got news for you. (laughs) This is a rebellion for me against billable hours as an attorney. They don't get to tell you how to run your business. You're going to be working towards monthly retainers. And that does not need to be based on an hourly calculation. It's based on value that you're providing to them. So that's what you need to communicate in your results are, you know, are the value of the feature. So inside our agency accelerator program, we actually have a whole module on reporting and we have a masterclass on Barcelona principles, which is a somewhat new standard of measuring your results Um, It's been around for about a decade, but it's starting to gain traction for how PR pros are now reporting what the metrics are, you know, reporting ROI on our features. So that's really helpful for people to watch and implement. So sharing the results so that you can really highlight the value of the work that you're doing Um, and consistently reminding clients that True earned media, which is what they're really paying us for, requires a level of sophisticated strategic pitching, and it's not guaranteed. And also, you need to kind of let them know the runway, the news cycle, what long and short lead publications are working on and when, um, that there's no such thing anymore as a slow news day, (laughs) that breaking news is happening all over 
the world at all times. And so something could get pushed and that happens. And we always tell our members, do not count on a press feature happening until it is literally published or you're holding it in your hand because things constantly change. Um, I had many, many, many years ago, a client slated for Oprah's favorite things. I was so freaking pumped. Oh my God. Like I honestly was more excited than the client was genuinely more excited. I don't think they understood, but we had to jump through so many hoops and hurdles to ensure the show that we could handle the influx of new um, client and new customers. And we had to send boxes and boxes of a certain prize we were giving to the audience and um, kind of, you know, sign a sign an agreement and guarantee that we were going to be able to handle the traffic. And the very day before they were filming, we never got the contract back from them fully executed. And my contact there was so devastated to share with me that for some political internal reason, they favored a different company. Um, it had a lot to do with the price point, And that company kind of swooped in last minute and stole the spot. So it was a direct competitor with the same product. And I felt like I got kicked in the gut because I was so sure this was like two or three years into running my business. I was so sure this was the thing that was going to catapult me to the next level and be able to just land premium clients to be able to say, well, I got this client on Oprah's favorite thing. So we're incredibly awesome. It didn't happen. But we have had clients on Ellen's Mother's Day show and other, you know, 12 days of giveaway and today's show, lots of national, not national TV shows. But for me, that was a huge kick in the gut. I don't think the client cared as much as I did. But now I know, you know, things do not count as landed until it is in your hand or on your computer. There isn't a sure thing in PR. So what I want you to think about, too, is like this comes full circle. It's back to confidence and the confidence you feel when you're getting on that call with a prospective client to say, you know, listen, I can't guarantee results. Oh, and by the way, they also pay you in advance of your service. So you get paid on the first of the month for that month. That's an industry standard. You know, you don't do the work and then get paid at the end of it. You get paid in advance. Maybe there's 10 days, you know, net 10 days or something like that. So you really need to confidently con convey to these prospective clients that you have the expertise in their space, you know, the media players, that um, you can really generate these results. And I know that when you're just starting out, there's this feeling of, you know, a lot about imposter syndrome, which we talk about getting your head, you know, your mindset right at the beginning of the agency accelerator. Um, but if you're new and you're not completely confident, the best thing that you can do is really hone your pitching skills and learn everything you can to be the best possible, um, you know, service provider for your clients. You want to craft great pitches. You want to understand what converts, how to move the needle for your clients. And we've developed our program, the Pitch Lab, which is the perfect place to do it because we give you a complete roadmap for how PR works. And we actually have people that have never done PR go through it and learn how to provide this skill 
that's a really sought after skill and be able to secure clients doing it. And we have 30 year veterans that go through it to ensure that they're learning the latest strategies, that they're on top of the changes in the game here. Um, Plus, we give you these monthly execution plans that'll help you plan ahead, figure out your pitch angles and make you sound really, really in the know about how the media works and what they're working on and when, which really impresses clients, especially on sales calls. So again, it comes back to being extremely confident on these sales calls because you know exactly the value you provide. You're educating the the potential client on how earned media works and what they can expect and when. And that serves two purposes. One being that they... Um, are aligned with expectations. They're aligned with what they can expect and when, so they give you space to make it happen. And two, you are stepping into your expertise and showing them that you really understand you're a pro and they can trust that you know how it works. And so right away on that call, you're serving them. You're communicating your expertise by showing them what you know, and so that they can be informed too. So you're already, you know, coming in like the true pro that you are. And that's my goal for you, just being super effective, closing more clients on sales calls and having the confidence to answer hard questions like this, being armed with the know-how to explain the way that we work and the way that PR works and not feeling like you're um, hiding behind something, you know, or that you're scared you're not going to get results. If you have that gut instinct that, wow, this client's going to be kind of a nightmare, um, or there's not a lot here, trust that instinct, listen to it, learn to hone it, because it never lets you down. It's never wrong. Sometimes we just tune it out. But I would love to hear from you. Um, come find us in Profitable PR Pros or DM me on Instagram at Generation PR. Um, how have you addressed this? How have you been able to respond to clients when they ask you if your results are guaranteed? Or have you ever promised a client guaranteed results? And if you did, how did that work out? I just would love to hear how you tackle this question as it comes up from clients, either existing or prospective clients. And, you know, we're in this together. We're here to make each other better. I am here for you. I would love nothing more than for you to become a pitching powerhouse and for you to launch, grow, and scale your own profitable PR agency. So we're here for you. Continue to listen to the Pitching Powerhouse Show. If you like what you hear, please do us a favor and rate us. Just give us some stars and write a review. Um, That really, really helps other pros find us. And we just want to um, give access to more of our community members, um, give them the resources they need when they need them. So I am so grateful for you being here. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get 
the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.